Hello and welcome to this episode of Special Advising No Parent Left Behind. I'm your host, Mark Ingracia, and I have over 34 years of experience as a classroom teacher, parent coach, and advocate. This is a podcast for parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities that welcomes everyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and well-being, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you like the show, please subscribe, like, comment, and tell your friends about it. This episode addresses that often forgotten about segment of the exceptional needs community, the siblings of disabled individuals. I want to address the challenges and present some options to help you help your child manage the ups and downs of being the brother or sister of a sibling with a disability. After that, stay tuned for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip. And for some extra help to inform your journey, visit the resource page of my website, specialadvising.com. Now let's open our arms to family and bring home another win. What are the impacts on a sibling of a disabled child? What can we learn from these and how can that help us to support that child in their understanding, empathy, and self-worth that will allow them to grow up a healthy, well-loved, and confident individual who could accept and thrive alongside their disabled sibling. The reality for siblings is varied and across the board, and that's a factor of many environmental causes that you have the power to influence. Through modeling, direct instruction of the disability, and communication, you can help direct, teach, and support your child as they discover who they are within the family dynamic. The truths about their disabled brother or sister that make their reality a very different experience due to the fact that their abilities to perform tasks or engage with others can vary dramatically, which creates different expectations, perhaps lower, and which to some non-disabled siblings may seem unfair. As a result, strain in relationships can occur, stress levels may heighten, and envy can turn a sibling to sour on their relationship with their brother or sister. From CaseyParent.com, Although children undoubtedly love their special needs siblings, complicated feelings can arise, and coping with them is a big job. Love, appreciation, and compassion can mix up with jealousy, worry, resentment, fear, responsibility, and anger. Parents who are in tune to their children's feelings can help them work through the negative emotions and turn those challenges into benefits. By respecting your child's feelings, even when they may seem harsh, It's critical to bringing them to a place of understanding that can encourage them to develop greater compassion, empathy, and love for their counterparts. It's one of the most important aspects of the work that you need to do to be aware of and figure out in order to break through. You'll need the patience to accept wherever your child is without becoming angered by their lack of empathy or acceptance of some of the norms of their sibling who may act out physically and or verbally, tantrum, meltdown, or need a lot of extra support. Support that can tap you of all of your energy, running the risk of having nothing left for your child who may be feeling left out. But it's not all negative. There's a lot of good news that can come from having a sibling with a disability. There's not a lot of research in this area, and I hope there will be more because I've seen beautiful acts of acceptance in working with a sibling's disability that make the child who is open to it exceptionally well-developed in certain areas. In one study from neurosciencenews.com, it was found that 
children who had a sibling with a developmental disorder scored higher in cognitive empathy than those who had typically developing siblings. What I feel is most important to remember is that we have to lower expectations of children who are expected to accept and take on responsibilities and grasp the realities that come with coexisting with a sibling who has a disability before they are fully cognitively developed themselves and before they have had the advantage of years of dealing with life as themselves, independent of family, in order to develop emotionally what it takes to make sacrifices, develop self-awareness enough to manage the bullying and the negative things they will hear from their peers and others. So going slow and nurturing their individuality while finding the time to give them experiences to spread their wings, again, independent of the family expectations so that they can function within and apart from the family dynamics that will demand more from them at home. Educating them on your child's disability at an early age is one of the best things you can do. And this could be difficult, no question. When you're involved in the care and constant demands of your disabled child's needs, as well as creating a home that can function for them and add on all the attention, needing to be paid to schooling, IEP meetings, fighting for their rights to have the services that they're entitled to, and on and on. Now show equal attention to your typically functioning child, and wow, that's a tightrope to balance. ResearchAutism.org says, siblings of children with autism are in a unique position. They face challenges similar to those that parents encounter, but at a time before they've developed appropriate coping strategies. As a result, they need support to ensure that they're informed, feel respected, and know how to be compassionate advocates for their brothers and sisters on the spectrum. That last one, being advocates, is possibly the most difficult due to how unaware a child is growing up of themselves in relation to others at a time they are asked to be aware enough that they can not only ignore bullying or hearing jokes made about their sibling, but that they can confidently defend or ignore such behavior. I think we need to not expect anyone to be able to handle that well in their youth, but rather sympathize and listen to them. By creating that open line of communication, you're allowing all of the child's feelings to exist. Good, bad, happy, angry, resentful, jealous, scared, confused, and on. All feelings are acceptable. The job for you is to allow the feelings and teach modeling being an optimal way. Response over reaction. Be it shutting down, avoidance, acting out, anger toward their sibling, resentment for being in this situation when others, their peers, don't have to. There are multiple challenges for a sibling, including others' insensitivity, jealousy, worry, and fear, and generally mixed feelings. I'll post all the articles referenced in this podcast on my resource page, but I particularly like how Casey Parent addresses each of these. I'll read the one about jealousy, the challenge, and the benefits. Regarding jealousy, parents do their best to treat their children fairly and spend equal amounts of time caring for each one. But when a member of the family has developmental delays or significant medical needs, that balance can become extremely difficult to achieve and jealousy often develops. Kids may feel they get less attention or that their parents spend more time caring for the sibling. Guilt over these feelings often strikes these children, causing them to be more upset and resentful. As a parent, try to be understanding and patient about your child's jealous feelings. Talking it through and having someone listen and take him seriously will help your child feel loved and included. If possible and appropriate, 
Welcome your child to join you in caring for the sibling, but don't push the issue. The benefit, self-control and thoughtfulness. First, remember that sibling rivalry and feelings of jealousy are normal in any sibling relationship. As your child learns to wait for her parent to be free to help her, she will learn patience and self-control. She also will learn to put others' needs before her own. How you approach nurturing, recognizing, and including your non-disabled child is going to directly impact how they are in their feeling about and interactions with their sibling. So, how can you do that? As I mentioned above, create time for them that focuses on their interests. Do things with them that are centered on them. I know a family whose father attends martial art classes together with his son. This is a wonderful bonding opportunity, and the exercise helps to create a healthy self-confidence and sense of self. Physical activities allow one to expend much of that potentially pent-up energy that can come out negatively throughout one's day. Another way to engage is to set up a meeting with your child once a week, perhaps, or twice per month, just to check in. Catch up on their lives and how they're feeling in relation to what's happening in the home with their siblings. This is an opportunity to engage any negative perceptions they may have developed and guide them to an understanding of why things are the way they are and what you are working on to help improve life for everyone. And it's a great time to ask for more involvement in the social components of their interactions with their siblings, which can lead towards developing empathy as you paint a clearer and honest picture for them of the part they can play in supporting their brother and sister and the benefits that can result for both of them. Helping them to understand the specifics of a disability leaves little room for interpretation. It's all out there, the knowns and the unknowns, the needs and the exceptions. True information is the key to understanding, acceptance, compassion, and participation. There are many books written on this subject. For middle school aged and teens, I have suggested that parents start a book club with their non-disabled children, or call it whatever you want. The idea being that the parent and the child read a book and then come together to discuss it. If you're educating a younger child, you may have a little activity time where you can read to them about disabilities using picture books. Do it in addition to painting or crafting or following a recipe. Make it fun and be available to answer questions. And when you don't have the perfect answer or you just don't know, be honest and tell them. We are all learning as we go because no two people are the same and how we live varies so everything is relative and adapting all of the time. There are also resources out there. You don't have to do this alone or reinvent the wheel. There are support groups online and in person, whether that's a therapist or peer support groups. Sibteen is a Facebook group just for teenagers who have siblings with disabilities to talk, swap stories, and exchange advice. Sib Shops for Teens, a support group that offers fun and relaxing breaks for siblings of kids with disabilities. Check if there's one in your area and I'll include a link on my resource page. Organization for Autism Research, OAR. Have more questions about autism? Check out OAR's site for autism information and other helpful resources. I will include that on my resource page. ResearchAutism.com has a great download that is a guide for kids with an autistic sibling and includes the links to the above groups I just mentioned. The Sibling Support Project at SiblingSupport.org, founded in 1990, is the first national program dedicated to recognizing, promoting, and addressing the lifelong and ever-changing concerns of millions of siblings of people with developmental, health, and mental health concerns. I'll link them on my research page.
one of these things that can be a major concern to a sibling is the feeling that they will have to care for their brother or sister if their parents can't. Having this very real conversation can help your child to avoid suffering any guilt they may feel in this area. I've heard this complaint before and I've, I've talked with parents about how to have the conversation where they can make it very clear that any kind of commitment like that is up to the child. They don't need to feel that such a thing is inevitable and that they are not entitled to decide for themselves where they stand on the subject. And that's okay and not expected that they be a lifetime caretaker. Offering such truths and relieving such concerns can have a positive impact on how present interactions go. Just knowing that they can live in the here and now without the weight of years unknown is a gift from you to them. The Organization for Autism Research in the download I mentioned earlier speaks directly to the sibling. When thinking about your future role in your brother and sister's life, there are a lot of things for everyone in your family to consider. Every situation is different, partly depending on whether your sibling will live independently or require some form of lifelong support. More importantly, it's a case of how much responsibility you'd like to take on for your brother or sister. Many teenagers that want to break away from their families feel guilty for not being more involved. However, it is essential to acknowledge that your life is your own. You don't have to be responsible for your siblings, and no one should expect you to be. It's important to have an honest conversation with your parents about the future if you're feeling worried, even though it may be hard. Together, you can create a plan, whether it involves you or other support services, so everyone feels comfortable with what to expect in the years to come. There's a great article from the New York Times in the year 2020 by Karen Landman, which talks about how being a sibling of a child with a disability was once looked upon as a disadvantage. But new research suggests that there are more positives than previously thought. She talks about the importance of including siblings in the education of their disabled counterpart. That being directly involved and simply by being in their position, children may gain enhanced adaptability, empathy, and tolerance. At the same time, however, several studies have suggested these siblings also have higher rates of anxiety, depression, and difficulty with peers. Low-income families are especially vulnerable because they have less access to resources. Lemon reports the importance of sharing information. The first thing is to recognize that the sibling experience parallels the parent's experience, said Emily Hall, director of the Sibling Support Project, a national program that works with siblings of people with disabilities. Like adults, children desperately want information about their siblings' health but they're often excluded from the conversations parents have with doctors, social workers, and therapists. According to Dr. Abaddon Malevsky, PhD, a psychotherapist and associate professor of psychology at Ariel University in the occupied West Bank, siblings of children with special needs often grow up quickly and feel a sense of responsibility for their siblings in a phenomenon often called parentification. This might seem like a positive outcome for parents. A good kid is one who takes some of the burden off our parents. But too much parentification can lead to behavioral problems and feelings of rejection. As young adults, siblings may struggle to understand how much caretaking is normal in a relationship or a marriage after taking on so much caregiving as children. The biggest takeaway I would like to come from this episode is the importance and absolute need for communication with your non-disabled child. When we keep them out of the loop, it can lead to negative emotions, behaviors, and isolation. 
As stated above, a sibling's experience is similar to the parents, but without the knowledge and information that the parents have, which can lead to a lot of misguided thinking, incorrect understandings of the realities faced by their siblings and parents. Every member of the family is a part of the team, and for a team to succeed, everyone must be in the know in order to create a healthy and thriving home. According to psychiatryadvisor.com, and quoting Avidan Malevsky again, siblings are often kept in the dark about what's going on with their disabled brother or sister. Because children have wild imaginations, in the absence of accurate information, they imagine that the situation is worse than it actually is. So it's important for parents to clue children in and keep them updated. Siblings may feel neglected because much of the parent's emotional energy is directed towards the child with the disability, leaving little emotional energy for the other children in the family. Parents are encouraged to spend one-on-one -on -one time with their non-disabled children, which communicates to the sibling that their parents truly care about them as individuals. This extra personal time also creates a framework for communication. Childmind.org supports this. It's also helpful to create a wide support system so that siblings don't feel burdened by pressure. It helps to be open with children and include them in decision-making so they feel like part of the unified team. Being open about their challenges with teachers and friends can also help siblings of special needs kids see that they're not the only kids who are dealing with the stuff they are. And kids need to take time for themselves to get a break from their family responsibilities. Things like sleepovers with friends and summer camp can give siblings space to rest and relax. I know managing the emotions and serving the needs of your children who are not disabled while you're working to create the best opportunities for your disabled child can be highly stressful. Know that you are not alone and that there is help to be had. Keep all of your children involved in the process, problem solving together, and listen to them with respect, the good and the bad, and then work with them to make the choices that are best for them, yet still allow them to be a productive and accepting part of the family unit. And realize that even with this approach, you still may not have a child that is entirely accepting or willing to be an enthusiastic partner. But if you make the effort, you won't have to look back and question whether you did enough. I'll include some support services on my resource page that you can research to see if one is right for your child. It's time now for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip. Today's tip comes from centerforparentingeducation.org. It's so easy for much of your energy and effort to go to the child with special needs, especially with the extra doctor appointments, support specialists, and academic issues that can be part of your child's therapy. Siblings of a special needs child might feel slighted at times. If this happens, be assured you're not a bad parent, just a human one, and try some of these tips. Make sure each child gets some undivided attention. Engage in your child's activities. Include your children in the care of their sibling as appropriate. Give your children information as they want it. Empower your family by accepting what is your normal. This lesson teaches other children acceptance, compassion, and respect for others who also may do things differently. Problem solve as a team. All children should overhear you bragging about their accomplishments. And lastly, invite others over to play. Don't seclude yourself from others.
I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics new to you or close to your heart. I hope this podcast might inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children while remembering to attend to the areas of your own mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health, enabling you to be all you hope to be for them. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching through my email, specialadvising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. If you'd like to share some of your success stories with the audience, please send them to my email. Let's show the world what's possible. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising. Thank you.